0: This is going to be very quick, but I will write more extensively about it. I hope you read it. I am very concerned about certain messaging that is promoted by certain Catholics in the United States that say that Catholics have to vote based on certain number of so-called non-negotiables. I've seen a list of five and I've seen a list of three non-negotiables. These are, more or less, with maybe slightly different wording, abortion, euthanasia, embryonic stem cell research, cloning, and marriage. You may also have seen three, abortion, family, and religious freedom. I've seen that these are based on something Pope Benedict said. The document that they are referring to is an address by Pope Benedict in March 2006 to the members of the European People's Party on the occasion of the study days on Europe. To them, Benedict said that the principal focus of the Church's interventions in the public arena is the protection and promotion of the dignity of the person. He then draws particular attention to principles which he says are not negotiable. They are protection of life in all its stages, recognition and promotion of the natural structure of the family, and the protection of the right of parents to educate their children. Now, because of time, let me just focus on the first one. Protection of life in all its stages. This is not limited to abortion. Defending and protecting life includes end-of-life issues, such as euthanasia and assisted suicide. It includes the death penalty, refugee issues, child and sex slavery, gun control, war, as well as rights of workers, gang issues, poverty issues, even economic policy, any number of other issues that directly relate to the dignity of the human person. When we vote as Catholics, we vote for all these issues. They're all non-negotiable, not just for one of them. And I don't believe that there is a hierarchy among them. Protecting and defending human life is protecting and defending all human life, in all its stages, always, all the time, not just in the womb. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and
1: I'm Emily Callen.
0: So welcome all. Again, I'm going to remind everybody, Emily. You can tell me if this is getting a little uh, uh, annoying, but if you want to listen to any interviews, again, if you only tune in for half the program, if you have to get out of your car because you're listening, <laughs> you know, you, while you're driving, and, and 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 you can't finish, it's all on our website. It is saltandlighttv.org/slash/radio. All our shows are archived there. And not just our shows, but there's 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 links to all the artists, links to all the guests, links to all the if there are any video related or other resources resources, yeah. um, it's all there.
1: So wait, I didn't I didn't get that. You Where am I that? supposed to go?
0: TV dot org slash radio. She's funny. Okay. She's funny. So, and and, and uh, if you think I'm being annoying, you can reach me via Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. I'm also on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro. And oh, I believe they, Emily is also on Twitter. Yes, She's at least that.
1: they don't have to sit in a box with you, Pedro.
0: Oh, come on. <laughs> our, our beautiful radio radio studio here at the Salt and Light Hour, head, Salt and Light Hour headquarters in Toronto. Um, Emily, you're at Emmy Callen?
1: At Emmy Callen, yeah.
0: There you go. She has more followers than I do. So, please follow me and... Uh, complain to Emily so Emily <laughs> you have some news today I do. Um, just give us a little teaser of what's coming in the news okay
1: soon. so there are new bishops that have been named this week in Canada uh-huh. for the Archdiocese of Quebec.
0: Beautiful. Um,
1: we're also going to talk about this document that came out that oh, the yes. Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith um, released. About Nothing new though, cremation. but about, yes, exactly, about cremation and uh, burial of the dead. Uh-huh. And uh, lastly, the general audience.
2: Right. So yes. So as Pope you know, Francis. every
1: week. But this yes. week, he has a, a really nice anecdote that he Yes, he, he does. Yes. Actually,
0: he does. He's, he does. He's talking about corporal works of mercy, welcoming yes. the stranger and clothing the naked. Exactly. So that's good. That's going to be an our news coming up uh very very soon and after that danny torquia will be back here and danny is going to tell us why we should have faith in journalism so looking forward to uh to hearing from danny again that's in about 15 minutes and then on connect five sebastian will be speaking with sister veronica o'reilly she's the sister of saint joseph and she's going to be talking about the amalgamation of the sisters of saint joseph in canada um how that has affected um for the, for the good, I hope, mm-hmm. um, of, of the dynamics of the congregation. So that's at the end of the first half hour. And in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking about religious vocations. Any of you who it's are... Important. Yeah, I, I, it's not just for people who are considering a religious vocation, um, but just anybody who might be interested in, like, why would anybody like Emily would want to consider a religious vocation, right? right? Um, now, the reason why we're doing that is because this weekend, the National Religious Vocation Conference... Uh, convocation their their annual gathering is going to take place it's happening this weekend right now and the theme is awakened by the spirit and uh we want to know how people in consecrated life can wake up the world, as the Pope said. So um, I'm going to be joined by Father Toby Collins. Do you know him? He's from the Diocese of Hamilton. Okay, no. Um, so he's uh, he's also on the board for the NRVC. So he's going to come and tell us uh, about this webcast. So I, I guess I should talk about the webcast that's happening on Sunday, October mm-hmm. 30th, hosted by me, and this is going to be live From Kansas City. Aren't you excited?
1: Man, you're going all the way to Kansas? Yeah, Kansas City. um, Dorothy. uh, Yes.
0: (laughs) So this is the National Religious Vocation Conference. We're doing a web forum. It's called So You Think You've Been Called. And we have (laughs) six panelists. Um, And you can watch it at nrvc.net. At 3 p.m. East, or if you're in Kansas or in the central time zone, it's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific. Um, and we want people to participate by watching uh, by participate by watching on Facebook or commenting or sending your questions on Facebook and Twitter. Um, but I'm going to be talking to Father Toby about all that. So that, that'll be in our second half hour. Um, and our Featured Artist of the Week is a new artist. Mm-hmm. It's someone who I met in at World Youth Day, actually, uh, PJ Anderson. Um And we always love featuring new artists here in this program. So let's begin with a song. Here's Love Will Heal from P.J. Anderson's uh, newest album, Mercy, Mercy.
2: Who knew there'd be a day where we'd have to fight for this To be the voice of righteousness To speak for those unheard For all our beating hearts began in the same love no one should take away from us the simple right to live. Hear our voice, we are one, we will fight until we've won. Love will heal every heart. We will fight until, we've won. until we won till we
0: That was PJ Anderson with Love Will Heal from his newest album, Mercy, Mercy, and we're going to be speaking with PJ Anderson in our second half hour, but Emily's still here, so yeah. we have uh, our, your very important news today.
1: Very important. Well, I mean, this is a big deal because uh, the diocese, Archdiocese of Quebec City um, is going to have two new auxiliary yeah. bishops, so they're going to be assisting uh, Cardinal Gérald-Supré-Lacroix um, because... Both previous auxiliary bishops have been sent elsewhere in Quebec. I didn't realize that
0: they were short to auxiliaries. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Quebec. Yeah. Um,
1: And so the two that have been named are Father Louis Corriveau and Father Marc Pelchat. And uh, Father Louis Corriveau was a pastor in various um, parishes uh, in Quebec. And uh, Father Marc. Marc Pécha is a former professor and dean of the Faculty of Theology and Religious Sciences at Université Laval in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cardinal Lacroix, um, in a communiqué, he, he expresses gratitude to the Pope for having nominated two new auxiliary bishops. Um, I'm sure that he, of course... Yeah, you know, that's funny. Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> It's a big diocese. So. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, so he says they offer rich and diversified experiences, and will be an immense support to the mission of the diocese. Yeah, it's good. So, so congratulations, congratulations to our two s- new bishops. I guess that yes. means there's
0: some bishop ordinations and installations coming yes,
1: up. Yes, I've only been to one. I've been to a bishop's ordination, yeah. and it's, no, it's incredible. A, it's a, yes, beautiful. it's a beautiful
0: thing. I'm sure Salt and Light will be involved in those. Let's hope so. Um, good. Um, and yeah. So th- and some new norms. No, maybe not new well, norms, not new, but actually. reminder of norms. Just reminders. Yes, yeah?
1: exactly. So um, the. Congress for the doctrine of faith um, released a document and it's titled instructions on the burial of the dead and the conservation of ashes in the case of cremation so it's a very title. very long title <laughs> right exactly essentially um the the church is just reiterating um her position on um how you know it is preferred to bury the person, yes. uh, the deceased,
0: like a, a body, a body, exactly.
1: Yes. Um, that, but that cremation is, is allowed. allowed. Um, however, um, it it's not allowed if it's done in denial of right. basically the Christian um, doctrine of you know um, yeah. the re- hope in the resurrection, yes. then, But belief in the resurrection. Um, and it also says that um, that. Scattering of ashes or preserving um, the ashes and maybe a piece of jewelry or in, in objects or even on keeping the ashes piece. on your mantelpiece, exactly, is not, it's not, not, no. not no. allowed. So, just reminding us of, I think, very important. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. So there's a reminder. I'm sure that document is on our website. I was just going to say okay, it good. is on
1: our website. Yeah. So saltandlighttv.org/blog. Blog. I think that <laughs> there's something repeated so many yes, times. Yes. No, that's sure.
0: good. People people should know our website.
1: Okay. And uh, finally, so as as the Pope does every week, he held, mm-hmm. holds his general audience, and this week um, it was part. It's part of a series now until the end of the Year of Mercy. The theme this week was on welcoming the stranger and clothing the naked. Yes, so two and corporal
0: works. Exactly. Yes, and He focused
1: um, especially on refugees because he was saying, you know, in t- today's world, we're, you know, most of the time the stranger, the person that that is, you know, requires our, um, our assistance is... Uh, immigrants and mm-hmm. so um he said uh clothing the naked increasingly means caring for those whose dignity has been stripped from them and he shared a right. very very nice little anecdote yes about the, the lady
0: um, the taxi driver and, and the, the man the refugee the looking refugee looking for the whole the, exactly yeah, us, the barefoot
1: the sorry the refugee with looking no shoes whole, yes with no shoes um exactly so uh there was um an elderly woman who who met this this refugee and and he d- she noticed that he didn't have any shoes and so you know wanted to um, help him out and uh, bring him somewhere right so yeah. they called a the taxi and the taxi driver was actually kind of reluctant to accept you know this this person, this person smelling, into yes. exactly into his taxi uh, but the the woman insisted and so and on the ride I think it was towards the Vatican that they were going yeah um, the, the woman, Holy
0: Door I think actually they were yes going to a holy you're door. right yes. exactly
1: and so the woman was asking the refugee you know about his story like what um, you know how he kind of happened to be there right yeah. and um, and so he shared his hardships and uh, spoke about war and what he's been through and and at the end of the ride um, the woman's about to go pay and the taxi drivers you know says no no you know what actually you're not the one who should be paying like I'm the one who should be paying because you just changed my heart mm-hmm. um, just by listening to this this story so yeah um,
0: I love it. I love it. So he was hesitant at first and then it totally changed his mind. So that's I guess that's what the Pope was saying. Exactly. That we need to oh, welcome. Oh, welcome. Exactly. <laughs> welcome. exactly. There you go. Um, before you go, though, I know that the Holy Father, it travels to Sweden. Do, you, do we have like yes. an update on like what to expect with this, this Sweden trip? Yes, going?
1: definitely. So uh, on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, he will be October 31st, he will be traveling to Sweden. He'll be arriving there just before lunchtime yeah. and there's um, major events happening. This is to mark the commemoration of the 500 years um, um, of the Reformation. Protestant Reformation. Yeah. and also i um, 50 years since the dialogue um, of dialogue between Lutherans and and Catholics. Um, So the Pope is really going there, um, marking the official launch of this whole year of, Uh um, of commemorations uh, in Sweden. And uh, so there'll be an ecumenical, a couple ecumenical prayer services Mm -hmm. and and meetings on the first day that he's there. And then on his second day, so on all souls day, he'll be um, celebrating mass with the Catholic uh, community in, in Sweden.
0: Which I'm sure it's not very large. And I'm sure he's going to be eating, do you think he's going to be eating herring? Pickled herring oh. in Sweden. Anyway, um, thank you very much. Uh, That's our news with Emily Callan. You can stay up to date with what's happening in the church uh, every day with our daily perspectives updates in several languages. And you can also learn more about what's happening in the Vatican by watching Emily and Mm -hmm. Vatican Connections every Friday night at 8 p.m. on Salt and Light TV. Everything's on on our website again, saltandlighttv.org, in case you haven't memorized that yet, and also on our Roku channel.
3: Hello, friends. This is Colin Ray, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with my friend Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter, at GM. And now it's time for... Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Danny, welcome back to a new season of the Salt and Light Hour.
4: Thanks, Deacon Pedro. What a joy to be with you and your listeners.
0: Amen. Did you have a good summer?
4: Yeah, a wonderful summer. Just a very blessed Everyone is healthy in my family in our little world and super happy, full of energy.
0: Thank Beautiful. You and before we we, we, we go, I, I want to tell our listeners about your new endeavor, the Dialogue in Grace. Can you can you tell us that in like a minute?
4: Yeah, Dialogue in Grace is is a uh, division of our family firm, Torkia Communications, and it's. We basically looked around and realized we were working with the faith. We really wanted to, and 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 we had a good group of colleagues that uh, answered the call, uh, which was, would you like to support overtly and openly Catholic charities, Catholic groups, Catholic institutions and such that might want to learn about public relations and bring into their organizations the best practices that we've learned with other organizations like Baskin-Robbins or uh, pizza chains or retailers, and it's, it's working. We're here to serve the church. And we're blessed that we have experience in PR. And, and what we're talking about, obviously, is that PR is a good in society. So it's all around very good, and it's dialogue and grace. Absolutely. Super
0: happy. Yeah, good. And we'll make sure we put that information on our site. I I, I love the, the idea that you, you call yourselves public relations architects. And so you're there to yes. help anybody who needs help in their PR, how to set it up, how to, how to figure out what they want to do. If you're a Catholic Catholic organization and you need help with your PR, c- contact, dialogue, and grace. Is that, Thank is, that you be, is that a good pitch?
4: It's a good pitch. There's broken PR departments everywhere and we want to build bridges as you know.
0: Yeah, okay. And that kind of relates to what you want to talk about today as well because I think that that one of the reasons why maybe PR is broken is because the the the, the church is not well covered necessarily in the in the media. So so does yeah. that mean we should What what does that mean?
4: Well, I mean, the, the journalism is, is an, uh, communicating with journalists and communicating with anyone is a process or an exercise in letting go of control, which, as we know, is a, is a bit of loving the other, okay. giving willing willing the freedom of the other. So when you speak with journalists, you have to be ready that you will not bat a thousand. You will not get always the exact, exact article that you'd like, and you certainly can't control the media. So we we want people to know that just because you get one bad article or an article you deem it not right, you, you just don't go ahead and abort the whole exercise. You stay right. the course. And just like in baseball, you work on your average.
0: Right. So are there any uh, maybe tips, though, that 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 you – I know we've talked about this before in, in somewhere or, or other, but tips that would kind of maximize that communication with journalists so that we actually get get them to tell our yeah. story more?
4: Well, you're right that we, we, we have tips that we've done on this program, uh, Salt and Light Hour, but we, we also, before you do the tips, it's important to commit to the process long term. So I okay. would really compel, compel and impel your listeners who are interested in communications or interested in helping their organizations to c- commit to learning about media relations and public relations. Commit to building relationships with people, not building uh, um, walls, but bridges. And bridges start with listening. So you've got to listen to the media. You've got to listen to why media care about what you're doing. You've got to discern, really discern what it is that we have going on here that might be relevant to the marketplace or to the media in question, and then work on those areas of commonality. Because we also know that you know we're not going to speak about all topics with the media. We're going to speak about just a few topics with, with on with, around which we can discuss and there's an interest. But then you hope that people, the listeners, will go to your website, will inquire, and and then come to you for the full Monty, if I can use the expression, or for the yeah. full details. Yes. But but the, the the little dialogue with the journalists, it could be about. Where is the money going for a fundraiser? Or who's this new bishop? Or what's the new division you've launched? Or who did you hire? I haven't said that already. Or why are you struggling and why are you issuing an appeal uh, or a petition? These are all kind of newsy things yes. where we can probably find common ground with a journalist. We just have to find those common ground areas and then engage in fact based communications. But journalists and journalism is inherently good, so we want to work with that good, even if at some times you might encounter a journalist that's not upholding the ethics of journalism.
0: Right, and in fact, there probably are a lot of journalists who are Catholics or maybe fallen away, but they have some sort of connection with the Church. So what you're saying is that we should not lose faith in journalism.
4: Not, yeah, I mean, journalism is based on, you know, there's ethical journalism, There's there, it's based on honesty, on uh, reporting on truth on, um, uh, you know, uh, obligation of serving the public's interest, yeah. acting independently and, and, and in a balanced and fair way. So we want to play in this system. We don't want to uh, walk away from this beautiful profession. We need to really d- dive in even more than ever before. And I have a feeling people will be happily surprised, but not with an immediate upshot in coverage, a a long-term sustained benefits to the Church.
0: Yeah, okay, good. That's good. We're going to leave it there. So the advice today is don't lose faith and, and, and stick with it for the long run, for the long haul. Um, if you want more details, Danny and I have done little segments on how to pitch to journalists, how to write a press release, what kinds of images you need to send them, all that information we've done. and You just have to go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, slash radio, and all the media ministry minutes um, that we've done are there. And a lot of them are written out because Danny's very good at writing out little blogs for our for our posts. So if you don't want to listen but you want to read it, it's there, and I'm sure that there's one coming with this one, right, Danny? You, I am,
4: but i don 't know how good I am, but i'm, I'm trying to progress one day no at a time. it's
0: it's very good because some people like to listen, some people <laughs> like to read, and, and reading is great because you can always just go back and read it again so thank you very yeah. much for this uh, and my pleasure uh, and congratulations on uh, getting dialogue and grace up and running
4: Thank you Kim Pedro my pleasure, thank you so much.
0: Danny Torquia is our public relations expert, and he's also the managing director of Torquia Communications, now with a new division supporting the church, Dialogue, and Grace. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dan Torquia.
4: Hello, this is Danielle Rose, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Keegan Pedro.
0: How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about listening in, meeting a fascinating person, and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect 5.
1: Today, Sebastian speaks with Sister Veronica O'Reilly about the amalgamation of the Sisters of St. Joseph in Canada.
5: Sister Veronica, you're the congregational leader of an amalgamated community of the Sisters of St. Joseph, four of the six Communities, I think, in Ontario. Uh, that's happened now the, for a couple of years. What has that been like? What's been the impact on the, on the Sisters of Saint Joseph over these last few years?
6: Well, I suppose you'd have to ask each one of them because I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure the reactions have been different. Uh, for the most part, I think we've uh, we've grown closer. That's part of it with one another. We're more conscious, I believe, of uh, of each other. Um, the other impact, I think, might be that we've uh, We've had to um, kind of face the challenges that are facing all of religious at this time, at least many religious, and we've had to sort of face them together. And uh, that provides a very rich context for decision making, but it's also a little more complicated to uh, look at things like how we shall uh, look after our large properties and use them to continue the mission and to continue care of ourselves. It's a little simpler when it's just one Congregation that has known everybody all her life, and um, but this way we've uh, we've had to stretch a little, and I think the sisters, for the most part, have been they've been good for that, but uh, it has taken a little toll on some.
5: A move like this is uh, a sign of the times, so to speak. It's just the reality of the church world of religious life in the church today. Um, talk to me a little bit about those signs. What are the things? that you see happening at this moment in history that are having a profound impact on religious life and maybe vice versa what impact religious life can have on the church and on the world at this time?
6: Well I think the largest impact and the largest effect uh, of our present situation is the fact that we are no longer um, have the demographic to hold our institutions and care for them and so we've found, we've been finding for some time now ways to, uh, shall we say, put together our, our efforts in various groupings, uh, Federation, now Amalgamation, so that we can shore up to some extent what we have been doing, but at the same time face the fact that we will no longer be serving in those ways. And uh, that in itself is, uh, is quite a challenge because that has been for some hundred, few hundred years, that's been our expression of what we call our charism or our ministry. So the change in the demographic means that the very core of our life has not changed in any way. We're still trying to live out of our relationship with God and our service of the neighbor, but we have to see what sort of expressions we can manage with the people we have, with our age and our frailties, as well as what strengths we have, particularly together. So that has been a big change. But the other one, the second part of your question is really interesting to me because many of our congregations have become very much aware of what we call evolutionary consciousness and how things have evolved. And when we made a new direction statement for this amalgamated entity, it was embracing evolutionary consciousness. And that has so many implications. I mean, it's our context has changed. It's changed radically. And so that means that, first of all, I think we have to be able to understand that and try to move with it and find ways to express who and what we are in a context which has changed everything, you know, through the scientific world, particularly, and through the theological reflections upon it. It's had an enormous effect on how we see, how we understand God, you know? how we understand the universe, how we understand our connection to all of creation. And so when you're dealing with a group of women who are all at different stages, there's a kind of a a governance or a leadership challenge to try to bring out the best in all of us and no ways to take capital T tradition that we come out of and, and find ways in which we preserve the best of that and still somehow move into something.
5: Certainly a challenge, but a hopeful one that. Very hopeful. Sister Veronica. Thank you very much. You're
6: most welcome.
0: That was Sebastian Gomes, speaking with Sister Veronica O'Reilly of the Sisters of St. Joseph. You can watch this and more interviews at saltandlighttv.org slash connect five.
1: Coming up in our second half hour, Awakening the World with Religious Vocations, and we meet singer-songwriter PJ Anderson, so stay tuned.
0: Welcome to the Salt of Light Hour, part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. The National Religious Vocation Conference is an organization of vocation ministers that presents religious life as a viable option in the Catholic Church. Now, the NRVC promotes vocation awareness, invitation, and discernment to life as a religious sister, brother, or priest. And they do this by providing educational opportunities, resources, and other supportive services for spiritual, professional, and personal growth. Every year they have what they call a convocation that gathers all the members together, and this year it will be in Kansas City, this weekend, the 30th and 30, uh, the 29th and 30th of October. And the theme is "Awakened by the Spirit, called to discipleship." And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Father Toby Collins. Toby, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
7: Thank you, Deacon Pedro.
0: So you're you're one of the board members. Like, is that like a board of directors the way it's organized?
7: Yeah, pretty much. There's 12 of us that, you know, get to be involved with a lot of the decision-making process and uh, just work collaboratively on growing this organization.
0: Yeah, now, and, and, and at the expense of, I know I already kind of described what it is that NRVC does, but I always think that it's very specific to promoting vocations, but is that not accurate?
7: Well, it is. Um, you know, the main thing that we do is we promote the vocation of religious life. In particular, I mean, there's lots of locations out there. Yeah. Uh, We're all aware of this, but uh, we we promote that one because because we all live it and we we need, I think, something, you know, in – In uh, North America, that is uh, really worldwide, uh, that that is really kind of um, on the cutting edge of, of what is happening. You know, how the Spirit is calling people to religious life for today and what we can do to facilitate that process.
0: Right. So when you say that you have, I don't know, like 900 members, are members, anybody who lives religious life or is in religious life can become a member? Is that how it works?
7: Yeah, we have actually uh, many different kinds of, um, of members, you know, and people who aren't sometimes living out uh, the vocation to religious life. Okay. They may be married, they may be a single, oh, yeah. and uh, they're just drawn to, you know, promoting um, religious life. So uh, but by far and away, the majority are religious communities. Okay. Uh, who are interested in uh, you know developing their vocation directors and promoting this vocation?
0: Right. So, like when you say now, now I'm intrigued. So you said like if so a married couple, so like me and my wife, if we're interested in promoting vocations to the to the religious life or consecrated life, we can become oh, yeah. members. Yeah. So you have people like yeah, that. Yeah. There's
7: plenty of ways. Yeah. There's plenty of ways you can get involved. The professional development of vocation uh, ministers um, isn't restricted to those living religious life okay. um, a lot of communities now have lay people working within them um, to help orchestrate you know the the efforts that are necessary uh to get out there into uh you know um call out you know people and say hey look you know that the harvest is plenty the laborers are few and so forth and uh, to equip them with what they'll need to to move forward in discerning this
4: vocation
0: right right and i guess i guess the the challenges are well i think we can figure out the challenges but in terms of i mean budgetary challenges but also just the fact that the, the culture out there is not like this is not really even on the radar. You go to I just took my my son two weeks ago to the university fair here in Toronto at, at the convention center. And you have all these options of all mm-hmm. the universities and colleges that you can go to, but you know, the Franciscans aren't there. <laughs> the resurrectionists aren't there. And maybe they should be.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's another uh, great option. And I've seen, you know, career fairs where they actually show up too, you know. So uh, yeah. it, there's opportunities uh, for sure. But if you're talking about the culture in general and, and how open it is to religious life, um, I would say it was always like that, you know, like go way back to the very beginnings of religious life, you know, a couple hundred years into yeah. the early church, you know, when you've got some um, Benedictines and some others, you know, yeah. who started forming rules and ways of living and so on. Um, you know, these were popular things even in those days, you know, but but why did they develop? You know, you got to ask yourself, what was it that, uh, that inspired these people to live a radical lifestyle, these vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, what did it bring, you know? And, and you know, it's a good starting point where people need to ask these questions uh, for today, you know, and, and we've got answers.
0: Yeah, good. There you go. Father Toby's got answers. Call him. Um, um, so, so you're already, you're already. Well, you're in, we're in Kansas City. It's the weekend. What is, what, what is this convocation? Is it like a conference, a convention, a congress, a gathering, all of the above?
7: Well, in short, we gather for professional development and member business. Okay. So you know we want to. Um, to do professional development, um, you know, within four or five days, what what you can do, you know, there's pre-convocation workshops. It's not just the two days where you know, all these events and guest speakers are coming together and stuff, um, but it's you know, it's it's really. Um, is for everybody who's just beginning and in vocation ministry for for quite some time. Uh, what we want to do is is, uh, is to give them a refresher course or, or to help them as they as they journey and begin the ministry. Um, you know, we've got guest speakers to talk about, for example, people who are who are out there who are interested. You know, what what are we looking for? You know, when we're we're entrusting these these people, really, with the church's children. You know, so this is a tremendous responsibility in a way. You know, and we got to look at them and say okay now you know truly are you called you know it's it's one thing to feel a call from within but it it needs to be acknowledged by the larger faith community and they need to go through screening for today you know uh things that have happened in the past you know it's it's so important that we're accountable professionally you know and so so what does that look like so you know we've got courses that that get into all of that Uh, we've got into we get into uh courses on technology you know what right what what do you got to know about technology i mean you can't know everything but but what are the the basics? Uh, what are the things you, you're you're going to have to get onto? You know, like Facebook, for example. You know, there's a lot of people Facebook. I like it. I don't like it. If you're in vocation ministry, it doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it. You get yeah, on, you Facebook, gotta be on Facebook. You get out there, right? Absolutely. You respond to people, right? We got to meet them where they're at, especially the young students. You know, who are looking yeah. to to dedicate their lives to something and find meaning. You know. So, um, yeah, there's lots of things that we offer, but it's really for the development of those in the ministry. And then, of course, we have our member business. You know, we gather and we talk about um, how the organization is growing and developing, where we need to, to reach out to, how we need to um, connect with others, especially our benefactors um, and organizations that support us to help support their missions, you know, because there's a surprisingly, there's a lot of people out there who are giving and um, of their time and resources because it's very much connected uh, to their, um, you know, to their, to their mission and what they're all about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, one of the activities that you're doing on the Sunday, I'm going to be there and I'm very excited about this, but I think that you can explain it better. So we're doing a webcast, live webcast, With a panel Mm -hmm. of of six uh, people who are either discerning or already living religious life, and we're going to be talking about uh, religious vocation. Tell us a little bit about that panel and how it's other than the fact that it's hosted by me and you have the best host ever. But uh, (laughs) um, eh? what is what is that's all you need is Deacon Pedro hosting your web panel. (laughs) So so um, what's the purpose of the panel? I guess that's the question. Well, or your hopes.
7: You know, we were sitting around. We were sitting around our, our boardroom table, and we were like, "Well, what, what can we do to kind of, um, uh, you know, try something different and to, uh, um, you know, just in, get some more uh, youthful interest?" And, yeah. and so we thought. Why not get them to uh, submit some videos to us, you know, just a little two-minute video talking about what, you know, first attracted them to religious life and, and, you know, what they hope for, you know, in the future of religious Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, I got a bunch of videos in a short period of time with these young people who were just, you know, alive with their prayer life and saying, you know, I believe that uh, I'm called to this charisma, this community. Uh, I really like the way they reach out to people. I really like Mm -hmm. how prayerful they are. Um, You know, there's all kinds of things that they came up with. And I'm like, wow, we got to, you know, put something like this together. We got to get like our, you know, we can't get them all here, but we got to get our top six, you know, to the event and and get them out in front of other people, you know. Um, get them talking about their vocation. Right. And so we've got this panel. We've got six of them coming, and they're excited. We're excited, and uh, we've got one of the best hosts. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what I you hear. mentioned. Um, you know <laughs> that we could. Um, and and you, I mean, you do great work with this uh, Deacon Pedro. In all seriousness, you know, and I think you're going to be able to uh, to really get at the beauty of their their calling, their initial calling, and their desire for for healthy discernment and to really live out a rich life um, that's prayerful and filled with uh, meaning and opportunity. To use their gifts, yeah. so so that's what we really want to get at, and you're going to hear it right from them and live. You know, if you if you come in live, I mean, it'll be recorded. If it's you know inconvenient in terms of time, you know, there'll be ways to access it. But uh, you know, what better way? You know, can you can you really just bring this uh, this. Vocation, you know, to the forefront yeah. and getting these young people up there saying, absolutely. "Hey, you know what? I'm alive with this vocation, and uh, I have hope for the future." Of religious absolutely, life. So, absolutely. Yeah, so no, and I, and
0: right. I, and I'm very excited. I mean, I'm excited about the fact that it's live, so we have the actual conference audience. But it's not just for the people who are there, like you said, because it's going to be webcast live. People can go to the website r- NRVC.net and watch it there. You can send questions and comments via Facebook and Twitter. the The National Religious Vocation Conference Facebook page and Twitter. They also have a Twitter handle at. It's not the greatest handle but at NatRelVocConf. We're going to put all those links on our site so you can find it easily. Yep. And you use the hashtag called. And and because uh, you know we want as to reach as many people as possible and get as much participation of people tweeting and and, and commenting and questions and and sharing. Um, so we can promote not just promote vocations, but I think also you know it, it be inspired by what these. Uh, people are, are going through in their own lives in terms of
7: oh exactly you know, you re- know this is the real general. deal you know it's yeah it, it's it's just them you know telling their stories and we're going to take a lot of questions hopefully I think we've yes. got a good chunk of time you know so we can let people in on this and, and they can ask whatever they want to ask, you know, for th- these young people, because there, there's so many questions. There's so many people who are curious about this mysterious vocation and Absolutely. why somebody who yeah. is who is younger would, would consider something like this, given all the options that are out there.
0: Absolutely. So that's Sunday, uh, October 30th, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. East and you can watch it at nrvc.net. Lots of details on our site as well. Father Toby, we're going to leave it there, um, but I'm going to be with you in Kansas very shortly, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Thanks for uh, chatting with us today.
7: I'm looking forward to it, too. Thank you, Deacon Pedro, for having me on the show.
0: Father Toby Collins is a Resurrectionist priest from the Diocese of Hamilton, Ontario, and he is on the board of directors of the National Religious Vocation Conference. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, P.J. Anderson, with the title track from his album, Mercy, Mercy.
2: You became like me, so I could see more like you. the world as it should be, the way that you created it to be. Where beauty is beyond what we can show, and hatred is a burden we don't Mercy, mercy, it's sweet like the summer rain. Forgiveness is a fault, distress it takes away our pain, and joy is ever flowing through.
0: That was P.J. Anderson with Mercy Mercy from his album of the same name. One of the reasons why I love going to World Youth Day is that I get to meet lots of Catholic singer and songwriters and worship leaders. And you know that we here at the Sultan Light Hour, we love meeting new Catholic artists. P.J. Anderson is from Nashville, and he's been playing guitar and writing music since he was 10 years old, growing up in Chicago. While he was a youth minister, he played with many worship bands and now travels the country playing concerts and leading worship at conferences and retreats. This summer, he was part of the official United States Bishop's delegation for World Youth Day. And so I'm very happy to welcome P.J. Anderson to our program. P.J., welcome.
3: Thank you so much, Dean Pedro. Good to, good to talk with you. Yeah, I
0: guess I should start by asking you, how was how was World Youth Day?
3: World Youth Day was amazing, and um, you know, I've been to three World Youth Days in my yeah. life. One the first time was I was like 12 years old in Colorado and Denver. Oh wow. Paul, And then Toronto. Yeah. And then um, went to Toronto and then and then Krakow this year. And this was the first year I was involved with with playing and and leading worship for some events and um, adoration and different concerts and things. So it was really a beautiful time for. Me.
0: Yeah, I know it's a it's a totally different experience to go. You know, you go as a pilgrim, or you can go as a as a worship leader, or doing an animator for catechesis. That's a it's a totally um, great experience. No, it was good. Uh, it was good. And We had some some good times there at the Mercy Center too. When. Um, we did. Yeah,
3: it was exciting there. Yeah, yeah
0: it was. It was really good. Um, so um, I always ask, you know, anytime we have someone uh, new on the show or someone for the first time, what what? Tell me a little bit about growing up. What you grew up in Chicago. I I, I understand. So what was it like growing up?
3: Yes, I grew up just just outside Chicago, and then lived in Chicago for years. But yeah. um, grew up in a really faithful Catholic family. Yeah, um, my mom is a religious ed uh, okay. teacher, and and for middle school students. And, yeah. Uh, and my, my mom and dad were both very involved with the church and, and I, you know, went to Catholic school and, and learned how to play guitar from, from a nun. Sister Trita taught me how to play when I was in fifth grade. And, okay, wait, wait, and I wait started no,
0: no, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. You learn how to play guitar from a nun?
3: From a nun, yes.
0: Tell me about that. There's Trita. a, there's a story there. There's a story there.
3: Yes. So I, um, I was in fifth grade and my sisters had both take, I have two older sisters, one younger sister. And my older sisters both took guitar from Mr. Yeah. Treat and I thought they were cool. So I'm like okay. I'm gonna start playing guitar. So I, I I uh played fifth or eighth grade, learned from sister and, and um played for like school masses and, and, and stuff and then kinda quit in high school, focused on basketball and and yeah. then picked it back up in college um and, and really started that's when I really started writing. But it was, uh, I don't know, the time with Sister Treat, it was really special. I, I still, like, every time I tune my guitar, I remember how she taught <laughs> me to tune the
0: guitar. That's you know? great. That's great. So you were, like, 10 years old. Um, what? Um, yeah. uh But you said you didn't start writing music until you were, after, like, in college.
3: Yeah, college is when I really started focusing on music and, and got involved with bands. And, right. um, like I said, high school, I kind of was was focused on playing basketball and, and kind of put the guitar down. And I, I got cut my senior year of, of high school from the basketball team. And I got involved with the, the high school play that year. And that's kind of before that, I'd only really sang in, in my, my car kind of by myself, I played right. guitar at the Masters, but I'd, I, I, uh, then went to college and, found myself and and found myself singing and being in bands and kind of found that home in writing writing nice uh, music nice. and and worship music
0: Now did you ever like when you were in high school playing basketball and not doing music so much did you were you did you stay you know faithful or were you struggling in your in your faith you know being a rebellious teenager or did I, did you go through any of that
3: Um I am just like any teenager but you know I was always my parents had instilled this faith in in all of us kids my three sisters and i so yeah. it was always something that was close to me um but you know as far as singing i, I was i was the kid that got in trouble with my mom for not singing wow. and now it's kind of funny Whole circle. Funny. Now I'm, I'm the one trying to get people to sing it at math
0: an event that's great that's great now I, i've seen a photo of you when you were about 15 years old with john paul <laughs> ii so we need to know that story yeah.
3: Yes, so it's that is like a, one of like defining moments in my life. You yeah. know, we, my parents and I had had gone to um, Rome with our church with okay. us, back home in in Indiana, and um, the pastor had unbeknownst to us arranged a private audience with Pope John Paul. Wow. And so I, um, we, we woke up at like five in the morning, went to mass in the in the. The Vatican gardens and his private little grotto chapel and afterwards he celebrated mass there was just like probably 30 people maybe less a, a bunch of nuns and then a few other families and then after mass we got to meet pope john paul and shake his hand and kiss his ring and he gives you all a rosary that, yeah. that he blessed and he um he called me a good boy which, <laughs> which i i then used against my parents for the rest of my life you know oh, whenever i got great. in trouble i'm like you can't ground me i'm i'm pope john paul says i'm a good boy yeah so.
0: That's great! What yeah. a great memory, and and of course you have the photo there to, to prove it and to remind you. Um, this is your fifth album, so Mercy, Mercy. As we've been listening to it. Um, what uh, I'm amazed that you. I mean, it's like every year, every other year, you're putting out a new album. Um, that that in itself is 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 uh, is pretty cool. But uh, is there anything that you'd say is different about this particular album for you? Um, in terms of your writing sure. style or your, or your music or what you want to convey or your message or.
3: Absolutely. Well, as far as the style, I, did, I really did try to challenge myself because it's very easy as a songwriter to get yes. stuck in writing songs like you always write them and, yes. and similar sound and similar yeah. lyrics and things. So I tried to push myself with that. and and this one really was born out of a, a thought that woke me up in the middle of the night. And, and I, I really do believe that, that God put this thought in my head and, and the thought was it really just woke me up and um, it's, The thought was, hatred is a burden I no longer want to carry. And, and I wrote that in my phone and went back to sleep. And a few days, you know, maybe the next day or the day after that, I I wrote this song called Mercy, Mercy. And then just two months after that is when Pope Francis declared it the year of mercy. And I was
7: like, wait a
3: second,
4: this,
7: you know, it just
3: gave me goosebumps just saying that just now, but and I always joke around, like, maybe Pope Francis has a P.J. Anderson Spotify channel. He's like, oh, we should uh, call it the Year of Mercy. P.J.'s writing a song about mercy, but yeah. obviously that's not the case. It's, it's just, I, I love how God works yes. in, like, big, grand ways, like, for all of us, but also He, he loves us each personally. And, and for me, that little encouragement of writing this song called Mercy, Mercy, and then Pope Francis declaring it the Year of Mercy, and then being able to go to World Youth Day – in the land of mercy, where Pope John Paul is from, and Sister Faustina, and to right. sing that song for so many thousands of people that were there, millions of people, whoever you know, whoever was there that, that heard that song, um, it was just really a, a, a amazing yeah. time for me. So, yeah,
0: and it's a it's a great song. Um, did you before he the Pope made the announcement, and you're you're already thinking about mercy and letting go of hatred? Did, did you feel that that was going to be like the whole album? Like I have this particular message that I want to convey.
3: Yes. You know, just kind of kept coming up in, in themes of the songs that I was writing and it, it, mercy mercy was, was the first song. And then from that, soon after that, I wrote this song called sons and daughters, which is yeah. about how God doesn't look at us as successes and failures. He looks at us as sons and daughters and, that, and, and, as a father myself, now I, I I understand that love of you know of, that I have for my my son and my two daughters, yeah. and and God has this this mercy that He wants to share with us, and He intends to share with us from the beginning. You know, He promised us a Savior from the very beginning, His His own Son, and so that that theme kept coming up uh, in the songs as I sat down to write.
0: And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're going to end the show actually playing that song, and uh, and of course I I don't need, think we need to talk about the first song we heard in the show, which was "Love Heals," that that I guess it's very much along the same lines of letting go of hatred, um, letting letting love do its thing.
3: Yeah, my wife and I wrote that song together oh. when my band played. We played for the, uh, for like 30,000 people the March for Life in D.C. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. we've been going to for years. And, yes. and my wife's like, you should, you should write a song for the march. And so most of my good ideas are hers, and I just kind of take them and call them my own. But we sat down and, and wrote this song, and it's about uniting our voices as one against all evils that threaten right. the sanctity of life, from abortion to racism and hatred and violence and terrorist attacks. And so that's the, what that song is about, how love Will heal. We'll God will heal those wounds.
0: Amen. Amen. That's something to keep in mind as, as you guys go into an election uh, in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Absolutely. D- just to close, so I I I uh, I know that you're touring. You're busy. Um, you're in Annapolis, Maryland, coming up. You're also going to be in Alberta, mm-hmm. up in Canada, in a little place called am, Brooks, yeah. Alberta. I'm not quite sure where that is, but it's somewhere in Alberta. So if people are listening and you want to find out where. Uh, uh, p j is gonna be just go to his website pjandersonmusic.com, dot com and you can find out if you are in Alberta. I am sure. Alberta's big, but I don't know how far Brooks is from wherever it's not you too are. far from calgary is it south it's about like, south from calgary. east of calgary. Yeah, okay. Exactly. so there you go. close enough to Calgary. so uh, uh, look him up and 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 support his uh, his his music. So thank you. For uh, for thank taking you. the time to tell us a little bit about you and for sharing your music with us and uh, hey man if it's a new if it's a new album every year or every other year um, I'm <laughs> sure there's one in the works and and we'll get you back on the That's show to right. so tell us about it great
3: thank you so much great talking with you yes
0: okay you can learn more about uh, PJ Anderson by his music and book him for an event as I said at his website pjandersonmusic.com but uh, if you didn't write that down don't worry just come to our site saltandlighttv.org and we'll make sure that that link is going to be there here now is PJ Anderson with that song that he mentioned Sons and Daughters from his newest album
2: Mercy Mercy our hearts belong to you so we are searching you seek to find the truth but you're not hiding Open up our to see your mercy.
0: We're listening to PJ Anderson with Sons and Daughters from his newest album Mercy, Mercy, and that will bring us to the end of our program this week.
1: Remember that you can always reach us via email, Facebook, or Twitter at Salt and Light TV.
0: Yes, and you can reach me, Deacon Pedro, through Facebook or Twitter,
1: and I'm on Twitter too at Emmy Callen.
0: So there. And remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at that same webpage, TV.org slash radio and that's also where we post links to our artists or guests.
1: And I think that we can also tell people that if they really like the show, they can donate to Salt and Light specifically so we can produce this program. Just specify that your donation is for the Salt and Light Radio Hour. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that would be great. And all that information is again on our website, Um and I guess I need to rem- remind people that they should tune in to my live web forum On Sunday, October 30th at 3 p.m. East.
1: Yes. And it's called So You Think You've Been Called. And you can participate by sending questions via Facebook and Twitter.
0: And remember to use the hashtag called. And if you're going to be in Kansas City for the NRVC convention, be sure to come and say hello.
1: If you do miss it, we are going to broadcast that panel discussion next week on this program.
0: Absolutely. So I hope that you can tune in.
1: Thank you for being with us today. I'm Emily Callan.
0: And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been the the Salt and Light Light Hour. Hour.
2: We king and you see your daughter.